um, verse 10 to 14 and 20 to 24. And so I think it's helpful to always read before I actually say anything, because the word is powerful, right? So we're going to read. Um, yeah, so before I, I actually read, um, this is a conversation that's happening between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And so he meets her at the well. And uh, this is just a bit of the conversation that's going on. So it says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gives us, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 20. Our ancestors, this is the woman now, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming and now has come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit or in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. So uh, it's been interesting preparing for this sermon because I was just like, it's a very familiar passage, which is always tricky, I think, uh, because you can always gloss over a lot of things because you feel like you know the text, right? But I felt what the emphasis for me to bring was the connection with the Holy Spirit. I always feel like every time I speak, I always have to like talk about the Holy Spirit. I think partly because of my own experience um, growing up in church and as wonderful as it was, and it, it was wonderful, but I felt like I almost didn't understand how important the Holy Spirit is, how absolutely necessary, vital, he is to us as Christians. I always say that the Holy Spirit is the MVP. He is the most valuable person on earth. Absolutely, we cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. And in this text, um, there is an emphasis, I believe, on the Holy Spirit. It's, it starts with, well, first of all, it starts with Jesus saying, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him. See, Jesus jumps right into the who rather than the where or the what. The reason Jesus challenged the woman at the well was because she was stuck in the types and the shadows of worship. She was thinking about where you should worship. And they were there, right there at the well. She needed, a, she needed water, right? But it was less about the where and more about the who. For you to rightly worship, you must know the who you worship. Who is it that you worship? 
Jesus challenged her, did she really know the gift of God? Do you really know the gift of God? Do you know the who that you worship? Without a right revelation of who we worship, we worship in vain and without understanding. God wants to give us revelation of who he is, who he is, which transcends the where and also helps us with how we worship. God has made it possible for us to know this gift through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he's the exact representation of the Father. Don't you just love that? If you look at Jesus, you see the Father. The Samaritan woman is like all of us. We have an inbuilt thirst to drink and to be satisfied. Jesus uses this metaphor to show the parallel between the physical and the spiritual. How the physical water that she was literally trying to, to receive couldn't ultimately satisfy her. Again, it goes back to the types of the forms, the traditions of men, the carnal way, the human way in which we try to find fulfillment in our lives. Instead, he reveals there is a spiritual reality she did not know. She hadn't experienced. She didn't understand or have revelation of. The water that Jesus gives, which would become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this is um, where I believe he was speaking of himself, but really also of the Holy Spirit that is received at new birth. God in us. The connection, that relationship with, with God that we have by his spirit is what truly satisfies us. I love this idea of a spring, something that is continuous, that is living, that is alive, that is active. Because that's how it is with a relationship with a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. He is living, he is active, he is speaking, he is wonderful, he is glorious. 2 Corinthians 1.22 The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a deposit or a guarantee of things to come. I'll just read it from uh, this version. It says, It is he who has also put his seal on us, that is, he has appropriated us and certified us as his, and has given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a pledge, like a security deposit, to guarantee the fulfillment of his promise of eternal life. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we are born again, that is the guarantee that we shall be saved for eternity. We are saved and we are going to be saved. We have received eternal life and we'll experience the fullness of it in eternity. Once the Holy Spirit is in us, we have a continuous relationship, a living connection. He is alive. Can someone say he's alive? He's alive. He's that down payment, that taste of eternity. This is what Jesus, I believe, was speaking about. So do you have this continuous, alive relationship with the Holy Spirit? Is that well stagnant in you? Or is it continuously being filled up and overflowing? 
springing up to eternal life. Another version says it's refreshing, it's bubbling up. I love these pictures because they just speak of life, life. Many of us, like the Samaritan woman, are ignorant of this water, ignorant of this Holy Spirit. But God is calling us to drink, to have, to receive that vibrant living connection constantly because that is what satisfies us. But if we don't receive him, if we don't drink of him, then we keep going back and we're stuck in the physical, the temporary forms of satisfaction that constantly call us to drink but do not satisfy. Jeremiah 2.13. I love this verse, but it's a slap in the face. <laughs> um, I love this version from The Voice. It says, My people are guilty of two evils. They abandoned me, the spring of living waters, and instead they have settled for dead and stagnant water from cracked, leaky cisterns of their own making. We can all be guilty of this, even as believers, as Christians. If we do not have that constant relationship, if we do not plug in, if we do not receive from the Holy Spirit, and we do not nurture that relationship, the water inside of us will become stagnant. How do we continuously receive him, continuously be filled by him, by filling our minds with the word of God, by filling our hearts with his presence as we worship him, as we spend time with him in prayer, in communion, by not quenching him through disobedience, by fleeing from sin, by nurturing that connection, acknowledging him with us, in us, around us. Uh, um, fairly recently in January, my friend and I were just praying. And uh, we were praying and everything, and God kind of like interrupted us whilst we were praying. And he said, um, you know I'm here. I'm here. And it was, it was quite funny because we thought we were like, communion with him we were praying but there was something in us that wasn't it was like we were we're just kind of throwing the words into the air we were not acknowledging that he was actually there and it's very easy to do that to have a relationship where we we believe we're worshiping we believe we're we're engaging but if we don't acknowledge him that he is here then we worship in vain we must do life with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18 to 19. Do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. I love that. Then I move on to verse 20. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Now, I've missed out a little bit in between, which I think is like the juicy part, when uh, Jesus confronts her with her 
her situation, should I say? Um, you know, he points out the fact that, you know, she's got all these husbands and the man that she's living with isn't her husband. So, you know, scandalous. But I love that Jesus is not afraid to go there with us. But isn't it interesting how the woman reacts? She immediately goes into uh, deflection. You know, she starts talking about religion. When Jesus begins to pinpoint the idols in our life, that need to be disowned. It's easy for us to deflect away from the heart of the issue, the heart of our worship. You see, Jesus had to go there with the woman because that is what was stopping her from truly receiving this river of life. Yes, when God truly comes into us and we begin to allow him to be that spring, when we really surrender to the Holy Spirit and his works and his, his power, who he is, is going to make us uncomfortable. There's no way in which you can have relationship with the Holy Spirit and there not be some type of confrontation. He will begin to overflow overthrow the idolatry in our hearts, dethroning false worship so we can truly worship. I guess the question is, will we allow him to truly go there with us? Will he allow him, that river of life, to cleanse us, to take over, to overthrow the things that we put uh, in his place? the things that we worship and hold fast that are not of God. Jesus emphasized it's not about a physical location. It's not about the external factors. You know, she was talking about the mountains and the places. True worship, however, is spiritual. It's of the spirit. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So worshiping the Father is less about all these external Things. Although I believe in the Old Testament, they were a picture of things to come. They were helpful, but they were not the fullness of what God had for the people of God. Traditions can only take you so far. See, many people in our culture, in fact, all of us, we worship. Whether we are Christians, we are Hindus, Buddhists, or atheists, or none of the above. We are all worshipers. But how do we worship God? God is giving us the blueprint. We must worship in spirit and in truth. I like the NIV version because it says, in the spirit and in truth. I like the spirit because it points to the Holy Spirit, I believe. You know, to truly worship God... It takes God. We cannot worship God by ourselves. We cannot worship God by our thoughts. It really comes by the revelation of who he is, like we were saying in the beginning. It's as we follow his way, as we conform to his will, 
that we can truly worship. Jesus speaks of worshiping in spirit and in truth, and this means worship according to spiritual realities. It's not so much about the places, the outward appearance, the sacrifices, the cleansings, the trappings. It's about the heart. It's about him. Worshiping according to him. And in truth, according to the whole counsel of God, in light of New Testament revelation, in truth, not in pretense or display of spirituality, I always, I find it interesting that in our culture, it's very popular to say, I'm spiritual. But I always think, but what spirit is it though? <laughs> it's easy to say you're spiritual and to worship however we think, you know. A lot of people love to, you know, take this bit from this religion or this thought or this philosophy. But are you really worshiping according to truth, the truth? The only way we can truly worship Jesus, worship the Father, is if we go by his way. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. This is the way we worship, as he has revealed Um, yeah, I think that, I believe that God really, for us, I mean, it's easy for us to kind of disassociate from the forms, at least if you're anything like me, you can kind of think, well, I'm not an, I'm not an idol worshiper in the sense that I don't go, you know, and bow down to an idol, you know, I, I think I'm past the forms, all of that stuff that they used to do in the Old Testament, but we all have idols. We all have our stuff. Just like uh, Jesus confronted this woman about her husbands, we all have things that we look to to feed us, that we look to to, to, to give us satisfaction. And, you know, it's very easy to do. Very, very easy in our culture. There's so many things that can distract from true worship. So many ways in which we can be idolatrous. And in fact, we are idolatrous. But God is calling us, even this morning, to come back to that river, that living water, that pristine water. That is him, that is his spirit. As we connect ourselves to the spirit of God, then we will worship rightly. We will worship in accordance to the truth and in the spirit. Yeah, I think that's it really. That's what I wanted to say. But <laughs> yeah, I cannot, I guess the, the main thing that I, I believe that God wants us to catch this morning is that connection. I cannot overemphasize the connection with the Holy Spirit. It is absolutely vital. It is, I don't have enough words, really, to emphasize connection with the Holy Spirit. 
And it's a continuous thing. It's a battle sometimes to really continue to remain in him. Like I said, there's so many things in our culture, in our world, in our lives that vying for our affections, vying for that place of worship in us. But it's as we continue to look to him, as we continue to just receive from him, we will be in that place where we can truly worship him. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you have given us the blueprint. You've given us your word so that we might rightly worship you. God, we want to be those kinds of worshipers that worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Holy Spirit, we're giving you permission even this morning to come and dethrone the idols in our hearts. Those things that are vying for your place in us and in our affections. God, would you go there with us? Even into the week, Lord Jesus, begin to show us those things that we are worshiping, that we are relying on that are not you bring us to that place of continuous um, union with you that is living that is vibrant that is full of you lord we thank you we thank you jesus and we receive by faith what you have already done for us on that cross that makes it possible for us to have this river, this spring of life. And may we ever drink from it. In Jesus' name, amen.